Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Good morning, everybody. It's Dan Devone along with you on a Sunday morning. As we welcome you in, in the text line saying, I said the Cincinnati Reds were the Bengals. <laughs> Told you I'm getting into football mode. Joe Burrow and company. By the way, Jaquaski Tart, if somehow he hangs on to that interception, eh, I think the Niners are taking care of the Bengals in that Super Bowl. But of course, I meant to say the Cincinnati Reds, as the Giants able to take care of Cincinnati yesterday and get back into their winning ways. After dropping their last three straight, we'll talk Giants baseball. By the way, a lot of the Giants to me are in good position. You're sort of in that, you're okay, man. You're drafting on the outside, and there's so much baseball left to be played. And as I, if you ever listen to me, I don't mean to beat this drum every time I get a live mic, but it's all about putting your soldiers in place, hitting your stride as you get to the finish line. You don't have to look any further than that of the Atlanta Braves a year ago that won 88 regular season games. Struggled throughout the season, but then when it came to crunch time without their best player, Acuna, this is a team that got it together. Same holds true for that of the Golden State Warriors, just to bring it back home to the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors, remember the Warriors getting spanked at home by Indiana? I mean, some of those gross losses to Washington on that road trip. When they were, I remember they lost four of seven on a couple of occasions. And people, if I was to tell you back then that the Warriors were going to win the NBA championship, I mean, you would have locked me up. But it's about, and we always knew, right? The one thing that I maintained about the Golden State Warriors, now I'm not going to tell you that I was predicting this championship. In fact, I went, got out of my head and went the other way when the series began. But the one thing that I maintained when it came to the Golden State Warriors, and I said this throughout, is that when you were talking about everybody in the Western Conference, for that matter, everybody in the NBA, and it could have been December, January, February, whenever, pick your spot throughout the course of the regular season. You could pretty much handicap where the Phoenix Suns were going to be. You pretty much could handicap you know, what sort of team Memphis was because you knew you know, the sort of players they, they had on their roster and, and what they were capable of doing. Now, obviously, you can't foresee any injuries, but you pretty much knew, you know, where the Dallas Mavericks, whether it was the Jazz or the Nuggets or even the T-Wolves or the Pelicans, the Clippers who were dealing with injuries, you could pretty much look at these teams. Here's my point. You could look at those teams in February and say, okay, we know who the Suns are. They've been pretty good. Now, nobody could foresee their collapse in the postseason and that they died like dogs in that Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks. But the point being is that if I was to say the same thing back during the regular season about the Golden State Warriors, like, okay, we can handicap this Golden State Warrior team because their roster's set and we know pretty much what they're going to be like going forward. No! We had no idea because there were so many moving parts. We had no idea what the team was going to look like when Klay Thompson was going to come back. You had no idea what the team was going to look like when all of those guys were healthy and playing together. No idea what it was going to be like when Steph came back from an injury. You had no idea where you were going to be like with the emergence of Jordan Poole. Keep in mind, Jordan Poole was in his first breakout season. So while the rest of the league, you could look at, you could look at anybody's roster. You could look at the Dallas Mavericks roster and say, oh, okay, Brunson, you've got obviously Luka, and those are the boys we've got to deal with. When it came to the Golden State Warriors, and here's, again, just trying to clarify this for you is that when it came to the Golden State Warriors and you were to say, okay, that's the team we're dealing with, you, you couldn't. You couldn't handicap that team because there's no – you could not foresee what Jordan Poole is going to be like in February when it came to June. Like you had no idea where he was going to be at as a basketball player. You could see him getting incrementally better, but you had no idea that he was going to be that level of a force once they unleashed him in game one of the postseason against Denver. Nobody saw that coming. 
Nobody knew what it was going to be like when Clay, Steph, and Draymond finally played together for the first time with any level of continuity. You see where I'm going with this? The Warriors were that one team with so many moving parts that there was always that potential that if it comes together, that you could be witnessing the perfect storm. And I think that's essentially what took place. Is that they struggled with guys in and out of the lineup, and you had really no idea what this new-look version with the, in, with the infusion of a young man like that of Jordan Poole was going to do to this basketball team. And who could foresee Kevon Looney? Who could foresee what Andrew Wiggins did? If you were to tell me that Andrew Wiggins, there were times in the middle of the season, I know, I was here, I took the calls, where people said, you know, it's time to move off of Andrew Wiggins. And now, a couple of months later, it's like, got to bring him back. Hell yeah. But the Golden State Warriors were a continued work in progress throughout the entire season, as opposed to just about everybody else out in the Western Conference, just about everybody in the NBA for that matter. You, you just didn't know. You could see that it was coming together. One step forward, two steps back, a step forward, half step back. And then towards the end of the campaign, the last five games of the season, you began to, it began to come into, into vision. You began to recognize, like, wow, this is, this is the best case scenario. Andrew Wiggins is locking dudes up. He's found a role. Jordan Poole has now become this third splash brother. He's a legitimate scoring threat on a basketball team that essentially just had Stephen Clay. Now you got a third option, maybe even a fourth option. Suddenly this team came together all at the right time of the campaign, and they did what it is that they did. But I don't think you could have said that in the beginning of the year. You couldn't foresee any of this stuff. But the Golden State Warriors, of course, making history by winning that title. And it's their fourth. And they did it with Joe Lacob writing them checks. Now listen, again, when people talk about is it a checkbook victory, this is not the New York Yankees. You're not just simply going out and purchasing the best talent available. You're talking about trying to get every – what it is is that, you know, when guys come up for extensions, it's about retaining everybody. It's not about going out and just simply assembling all these different parts. Like, let me get the best player over here. Let me get the best player from over here. No. It's homegrown, man. They're doing it the right way. You draft these guys, but what happens when you draft and you win titles? Well, you got to re-up them. And re-upping players in the NBA in 2022, especially when it comes to Supermax deals, it gets expensive. But again, that does not keep me up at night when it comes to Joe Lacob spending money. My brother can afford it. The big question becomes, can the Golden State Warriors, can they continue this run? Are we looking at a one-off? Is this just a one-and-done where the stars were aligned? And albeit, I don't know, did luck factor in because John Morant got hurt? Because some players, key players, were not available? The Jamal Murrays, the, the Michael Porters, to that of the Denver Nuggets, although those guys were out the entire season. They didn't have to deal with Milwaukee because Chris Middleton was hurt? Or are we in the midst... Are we in the beginning of another run? Is this the first of three? Is this a, the first of a, of a potential three-peat? Now, if that's going to happen, then I think the formula to success is that you're going to have to see a large step taken forward by that of a Jonathan Kaminga, a Moses Moody, and a Jordan Poole. Because the, the three players that you're relying on are still they're Hall of Famers and obviously still very good, if not the best of what they do. But... When you get into your mid-30s or you get on the wrong side of 30, the NBA has proven time and time again that you need your rest. Right? We see players get shut down all the time. Now, whether it's load management, however it is that you want to phrase it, what you have to do with the Golden State Warriors just to make sure, because I am a firm believer that inadvertently, you never want to see Steph go down with an injury, you never want to see what happened to Clay. and you certainly don't want to see what happened to, to Draymond Green in the back. But all of those injuries benefited the Golden State Warriors because it took those dudes off the court. They had played so much hoops during that run in which they went to five consecutive NBA Finals. What happened with those guys getting hurt? Clay, a different way to look at it, got two years of rest. Steph missed an entire season because of a broken wrist. And then Steph missed a huge month of the campaign after a year in which he logged a lot of – he played a lot of hoops for the Warriors this year. But he had fresh legs in the postseason. Clay 
is rejuvenated. Draymond, after missing a month, had his sea legs come postseason time. What does that tell you? Well, and where I'm going with all of this is that I think the remedy for the Golden State Warriors is that obviously you're relying on the big three, but those those kids have to take a step and then get into that rotation, and the rotational minutes have to increase. So Steph gets a larger rest. So Draymond can come off the floor. And so that Clay can come off the floor. But unlike previous years, when Steph comes off the game, you don't simply have to hold your breath going, oh, no. All right, we're up 15. Let's just make sure we, we have a lead when he comes back. No, now Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole can tack on. Jordan Poole, maybe he's not as good as Steph, but you're not. The drop-off is not nearly as severe. If I'm telling you, if Jonathan Kaminga, and I'm a, I'm a big believer not that this guy can be good in a couple of years. I do believe this dude is a, is a budding star. And when I say star, I mean superstar. And if Jonathan Kaminga, along with Jordan Poole, continue to emerge as stars in the NBA, I'm talking about NBA all-star type caliber players, and then you, you still have your core, that to me is the remedy. It's not about going out and getting another KD or it's not about going out and trying to improve, but it's, it's working with what you have in-house. And what they have in-house is a potential budding star in Jonathan Kaminga. Not to, not to leave out Moses Moody. And then, of course, you got the whole James Weiss. Here we go again. Like, I dare anybody, and I said this throughout the entire season last year, I dare anybody this year to go ahead and handicap the Golden State Warriors for next year. Tell me what they're going to look like. Tell me what the personnel is going to be like. Tell me about the rotations. You can do that for the majority of the teams in the NBA, but do it for the Warriors. Tell me. Tell me what they're going to be look. Tell me what that team is going to look like in terms of their personnel. Who's going to get minutes? Who's getting run in the second quarter? Who's that second unit? And it's a good thing because none of us have any idea. James Weissman may come back and be a factor. James Weissman might be a dude along with Kevon Looney that is locking up your front line. You've got a dude who's seven feet who can all of a sudden run the floor, and if he can rim protect and he can give you that offense, I've seen it, man. I've seen him wrap it around his back. I've seen him flush on dudes. I've seen him put it on the deck. If he becomes a star, Jonathan Kaminga becomes a star, these are all good things that, that are right around the corner for this Golden State Warrior, and it's the perfect. And this is why Joe Lacob is a genius, not because he's writing checks. That's part of it. But it's because this dude – did not get off of the youngsters. It's the perfect scenario of a balance now of aging stars and now the emergence of a, a quality young talent pool. That's what you want. That's what you salivate as, as an owner. And to Joe Lacob's credit, when everybody said, go Bradley Beal, you got to do it for the core. They're getting old. Get Ben Simmons. Don't lie. Don't lie, 95-7 the game. I took your calls, man. I know you Ben Simmons supporters are out there because you used to call me like every other 10 minutes this time last year. Give me Ben Simmons. Give me Bradley Beal. How about Dame Lillard? Dame Lillard, bring him back home. And Joe Lacob stuck to his guns. Joe Lacob said, no, I'm going to hang on to these picks. And even when he said that, people said, nah, he's well, if they do draft these guys, it's going to be trade capital. Even if they do draft Jonathan Kaminga, it's just going to be a piece that they can trade to get in Bradley Beal to bring in Damian Lillard. And Joe Lacob said, no, all along. Now, I don't know whether it was Bob Myers blowing in his ear or Steve Kerr, but they did the right thing because now you just won a title <laughs> and you're still young, right? The worst case scenario for this basketball team is if they went out and got Bradley Beal, who was hurt last year, or you go out and you get Dame Lillard, who was hurt last year, and you don't win a title, and you moved off on all the lottery picks, you moved off on Weissman, you moved off on Wiggins, because you got to move these dudes in order for numbers to match, and you wake up today, and had you made that deal, and you're waking up this morning, and you're looking at a Warrior team where it's a collective, now what? Because you got no future. you got an aging core, and you got Ben Simmons and or Dame Lillard and or Bradley Beal, and no youth. Now what? I'll tell you now what. Now it's back to 2002. Now it's back to the lottery every year. Now it's back to being irrelevant. 
Now it's back to being that team that's watching other teams play on Christmas Day. Now it's back to watching other teams dance on the main stage when it comes to the postseason. We all know what that's like, man. We all grew up with that, right? Wasn't that long ago. That's why sometimes you have to just entrust the brain trust. And, man, I know you (laughs) – I want to hear from you now, man. Where are you Ben Simmons people? Where are you Dame Lillard, man? I used to call me. He used to call me every five minutes. You know, but now. Let's get out to Moose. San Jose's the location. Moose. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I wanted to just quickly piggyback off Kevon Looney, and then I had a little uh, kind of an idea I had also I wanted to drop on you. So Kevon Looney, he, he took less money when KD was resigning on that third year. Um, in order to keep the team together, then I think he's I think he's realistic, and I think his agent's realistic. Like you said, a guy like him, he's getting rebounds, but he's not dropping points. So guys like that aren't necessarily going to get massive bag, especially even from another team that that values him as a defensive player. They're not they're not going to drop. I don't think too much bigger of a bag than the Warriors could could afford. And then uh, so I think he ends up staying. And then uh, kind of the, the the idea that I had again, it's not a good idea for Warriors fans, and as a Warriors fan as well, I don't I don't want it to happen, but. Imagine Kyrie leaving Brooklyn, and then next year uh, Brooklyn offers Jordan Poole that large bag, and he wants to team up with KD out there on the East Coast. And I, I just thinking about it, just those those first steps. Jordan Poole has such a quick first step, and even after Achilles, KD is just a savant on the court. They would look really good together. Uh, I don't want I don't want that to happen, but I'm just thinking about it when when thinking about Brooklyn losing a, a point guard and maybe needing one. That's a good call, Moose. I'd like to get your thoughts off here. Yeah, the one thing that you have when it comes to the Golden State Warriors and when it, as it relates to Jordan Poole, you'll have an opportunity. And that's a good – you're looking ahead, and you could be spot on. But if Brooklyn does come a-knocking and they lay out a big supermax, the Golden State Warriors still have an opportunity to match it. So you have to keep that in mind that as a restricted free agent next year, the Golden State Warriors have first right of refusal. So they'll have the first opportunity to match that deal. Now again, if Brooklyn they want they want to break the bag, now keep in mind, you know, they they have yeah, if he comes off the books, they'll have some money. And Kevin Durant Kevin Durant could say, could go to them and say, "Listen, you know, Kyrie isn't here. Get me out of town, man. I came here to win titles and I'm looking around the room. There ain't no, there's nothing. This thing is empty. I'm not playing with Ben Simmons and Patty Mills. You kidding me? I'm not winning a title with these guys, but he's under a 4-year contract." He just signed an extension. That was one of the biggest news alerts to come down a year ago that sort of flew onto the wire, and that is he signed a four-year contract extension with Brooklyn. But again, it, it's, a, you know, it's something that the Warriors, if you run the risk, Moose, to your call, if you run the risk of the likes of, of a, a Jordan Poole and not signing him, letting him be a restricted free agent, if you run that risk, then yeah, there's somebody like Brooklyn that can get in that can get into the party. But I think when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, that Jordan Poole, if it comes down between Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, the one guy that the the Golden State Warriors, I think, are more comfortable locking up is Andrew Wiggins as opposed as opposed to to that of of a Jordan Poole. Or excuse me, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, because Jordan Poole is still young enough where he could get you know, a little lost in his own head. And we've seen him disappear from time to time as well. But yeah, you got to think about these things. Brooklyn could come a knocking next year. And do the Golden State Warriors have, you know, do they have the capital at that time to match somebody like that of the Brooklyn Nets? Hey, listen, the Kyrie Irving thing, when I think when push comes to shove, he's not going anywhere because he's with the Brooklyn Nets and that is his best opportunity to win. And it's the only team that's offering him $36 million to play basketball. All of what we're witnessing with Kyrie Irving is just, it's leverage. It's him and his agent saying, hey, we got a wish list. We want to be traded to one of six teams. First of all, just about everybody on that team does not want Kyrie Irving and or they can't afford him. So he's going back to the Brooklyn Nets. And they're somehow going to have to kiss and make up. But if I'm Brooklyn, I, there's no way in hell I'm giving that dude an extension. I don't know if Kyrie Irving, I know he walks to the beat. I mean, he's a strange agent, walks to the beat of a different drummer. But even he has to be a little bit alive in this world and recognize, really, I'm going to ask them to give me a five-year Supermax after what I've done to them? 
Like, I don't think that's happening with him. Maybe if I if I'm Brooklyn, I recognize I could lose, I could lose KD. Uh, I, this whole thing could come crumbling down. The only opportunity that the Brooklyn Nets have at salvaging a, a run at anything next year is to bring back Kyrie Irving. As bad as that proposal sounds, but if I do it, it's for a year. I'll give you the max. I'll give you your thirty plus, but it's for one year, and that sure as hell going to be laden and filled with incentive clauses, meaning you've got to play basketball. If you take off and decide that, you know, you got to take two weeks off, that's fine. But we're recouping three-quarters of that contract. They have got to, now that they know what they're dealing with, which is a complete coconut, you've got to put provisions in place. And if Kyrie doesn't want to sign it, well, then you, you've got to toe the line and say, listen, we'll give you the 30 mil. It's not going to be for multiple years. It's going to be for one year, but we're going to have provisions put in place. And if you disagree to that, well, then, okay. Do whatever it is that you want to do. Derek's hanging out in Richmond. Let's get out to Derek, who wants to talk about the Golden State Warriors. He wants to talk hoops. What's up, Derek? How are you today? Wonderful. And uh, I know we need to keep Looney in pool, but what if Milwaukee makes a major pool to beat both of them home? That would be dangerous because it's a young, powerful team. They can get rid of their mouth, Ralph Mouth guy. And Looney can come off the bench with a great team, and Poole can be bred to be a starter. Yeah, it's certainly possible. And we don't know. I mean, we could sit here and try to forecast and pretend like we know what's going to happen as, as far as free agency. We don't know, and it's a good point. We don't know with the brain trust in Milwaukee. Moose had talked about, you know, Brooklyn potentially making a play next year to go out and get Jordan Poole. We have no idea, right? We, we, we want to pretend we know that the Golden State Warriors are going to bring these guys back, but they can get blown out of the water. I do think that, yeah, it would make sense, at least on paper, when we look at these things from 30,000 feet above, oh, going back to Milwaukee, look out for the Bucks. And the Bucks, you, know, you get rid of Lopez's contract, you move some things around, maybe you can afford Kevon Looney. And then playing with Giannis and company and Middleton and Drew, Drew Holiday, that's a scary pr- proposal, but... The other thing you have to take into account that, yes, there is the hometown connection when it comes to Kevon Looney as well as that of, obviously, Jordan Poole. But the one thing you have to keep in mind is that I think the hometown connection now with the Golden State Warriors might be stronger than that of even where they're from in Milwaukee. And what I mean by that is the, the family, that being the Golden State Warriors, winning a title for that of Jordan Poole, being the only team you've played for, recognizing that your system – And the way the Warriors do things, not only on the basketball court, but again, here's that word, culturally, is so atypical from everybody else that my home is now in the Bay Area with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I know that my birth certificate says I'm from the Midwest in Milwaukee, but I don't know that that really influences things at this juncture when it comes to the Golden State Warriors and Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney. But hey, man, what do I know? Because I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then before these guys are signed. Someone could get into this thing. Someone could make that that offer. The wise thing to do right now, obviously, is to bring these guys back. But who knows what Milwaukee's thinking? I'm not even going to pretend to know what's going on as far as the brain trust with the other NBA teams out there when they see the talent level that is Kevon Looney. And it's not only, of course, you know, what Kevon Looney could do for your team, but how about just your intent is to break up the Golden State Warriors. Like, let's let's stop this right now before this team does indeed dominate the NBA once again. All right, we're going to a break, but before we do that, look who just joined us. My man! What's happening, man? What's a bit? Shamar, you might want to turn on your microphone. Is it on? It is on. Oh, it is on. Wait, wait. You, can you hear me? I got can you, you brother. Me? Everybody, What's up? you got me? Nothing much, man. <laughs> I, I was trying to make it in, man. It is a pain in the you-know-what to cross Market Street right now. What's up? With the parade? Yeah, with the parade. I, I was going. I did, Yeah, anyway, man. It's a, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's a wonderful morning. It's a wonderful day. Happy Pride Day to everybody out there that's celebrating and uh yeah, man. You, I was just listening to you. I was listening to you on the way in, and I'm, you're sitting here and you're talking about all these free agent moves and all that kind of stuff. And and you know, you know what? The thing about uh, the dubs and free agency and everything is is this is that is that it's been proven over the past eight seasons as long as you have Steph Curry, 
Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, it kind of doesn't matter who the other 12 guys are. I mean, it matters, right? But, you know, it, it, it kind of doesn't. It, 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 those are the three main ingredients, okay? That's your that's your pasta, your sauce, and your uh, and your Parmesan cheese. Yeah, but cheese. I, I think that those other players, the older they get, become that much more important. That is accurate. All right. We continue here on 95.7 The Game. Shamari Block is back in the house. And Dan Abom, we'll continue right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, maybe I'm still basking in the glow after winning an NBA championship, but of course, everything that, it intrigues me when you're talking about bringing back the players and running this back. I love the Golden State Warriors for this reason going forward is because of, I, I got to be honest with you, as much as you know, I appreciate Steph, Draymond, and Clay, I think if you guys know that I'm a big Jonathan Kaminga fan, and that, that level of excitement of where that kid can go and the infusion of Jonathan Kaminga, Shamari, are you either back with me or you're not? Shamari back, joins I'm me for, for two minutes, and then he decides that he's going to take another smoking break and come back at noon. <laughs> You know oh, what I'm man. saying? You know, Shamar, I'm talking about Jonathan Kaminga. Of, of, of course you're talking right? about Jonathan Kaminga. But what do you see his role next year? Obviously, he's going to get into the rotation. But what do you think his progress will be? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because what you're looking for is, is you're looking for him to develop basketball IQ, get smarter. Um, and, 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 again, coming off the bench, right? We know who the starters are. He doesn't play center. And, and let me just say this. To me, to me, Jonathan Kaminga – is a is a three four, not a four five. That's just me. Um, so so you, essentially, what you have is 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 you look at what JTA was for most of the season. You look at um, kind of like Bielitsa, Otto Porter, like the things these guys were doing for the Dubs this season. I would imagine that would be the next step as he comes in critical situations, provides some offense, some rebounding, some defense. And, and, and with the second unit. And, and really, I mean, not that he's going to be able to shoot like Otto Porter, right, or pass like Bielitsa, but he's going to get those minutes, and that's the next level of his development because the thing that the Dubs want, as, as, as the draft shows you, okay, they want basketball smarts, they want passing, they want shooting, right? Jonathan Kaminga also happens to have out-of-this-world athleticism, but those are the things, defense, shooting, passing, that he has to develop and if he does, then I could see him put, taking on a similar role to what Otto Porter had. Oh, not at all. Not at all. And that's, that's in, the t- difference. In, t- in terms of minutes, though. In, mi- oh, in terms minutes, of minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that, ideal, that'd be yeah, ideal I, I, for No, him. obviously he's not going to be Otto Porter. But, but I'm saying the minutes oh, that Otto Porter was yeah. playing, I would imagine that, that, that 
that he steps into those. You know what's, what's and, and then and then Baldwin steps into steps into what Kaminga was last year. You know, no, just, Baldwin steps into the G ring and doesn't come out. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I think I heard something about either I, if I, if Baldwin. Or you know what you invest in is not a new pair of sneaks or kicks. Go get a surfboard, bro. <laughs> you're going to Santa Cruz and you're going to the boardwalk for a while. No, but you know, Jonathan Kaminga, why I find him so fascinating is because he's unlike Otto Porter. He's unlike anybody else on that team. He's such a remarkable raw athlete that that's the one thing that they don't have, right? They don't have that incredible athlete, and that's who he is. He's a guy that I think can go ISO, and I know they don't play ISO, (laughs) but I think that's what he can do. I think he can take over games by himself. He's got got a little Giannis-esque. He's got to get better defensively, but he's such an anomaly as far as when you think about typical Warrior basketball players or sort of as you described. They have a high IQ when it comes to basketball. They get into that motion offense. They look for those sort of guys. But he's sort of – he can do that. But I also think that at his very best, it's sort of give him the ball and get out of the way. So when KD was here, then they did a little bit of that because you have KD. So if Jonathan Kaminga proves to be dominant in that regard, then yeah, probably. But I don't think the Warriors are going to change to fit Jonathan Kaminga or anybody. And Steve Kerr – he does what he does, and Jonathan Kaminga is going to have to fit in with this team, and he can have all the off-the-charts leaping ability <laughs> in the world, but if he doesn't if, if he doesn't play the game the way that, that they want him to, then Baldwin might get more minutes. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that, that the Warriors want what they want. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Boston Celtics were – Far more long, athletic, blah, blah, blah teams. And the Warriors beat them with good old-fashioned basketball smarts. Yeah, but there was that time, and one of the reasons why I think they were vulnerable in getting you know, KD is that when they weren't shooting well, and they're like, how do we get points on this basketball team when Steph and Clay aren't feeling it from outside? Well, let's go get Kevin Durant, who can get his, because he's not relying on a three. He can go get his at any time. And while we're stuck and spinning in mud – We'll just rely on him for a couple of minutes, five minutes, because he can get a mid-range, he can get to the basket, he can play in the post, and then once we're unlocked from three-point territory, he'll jumpstart us. I think it's similar to that of Jonathan Kaminga, that you now no longer become one-dimensional. It's not about shooting threes, although I wouldn't call Steph Curry at this juncture of his career farthest thing from one-dimensional. He's proven that he can get to the, <laughs> he can get to the rack and finish as well as anybody. But you're no longer just a jump-shooting team with Jonathan Kaminga. Now... You become a team that can slash and can get to the put pressure on the rim because of this guy. Let's get out to Sam Bruno. Oh, yeah, Joe's hanging out. What's up, Joe? Welcome aboard, buddy. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. I first see Kaminga uh, talking right on with that, but I want to ask you uh, kind of like a proposal question. What, first of all, on Jordan Poole's value. Now, I would say if you go back to the 2019 draft class, you would say now that he would probably be in the top five class. Now, the problem the Warriors have is that maybe Jordan Poole has come on too good too quickly. And you look at Steph, I think you could argue that Steph probably has three good years left. Now, my question for you now is, if what is Jordan Poole's value um, with, around the league? What do you think he's seen at along this scenario? Now, if you had, I'll just give us an example, Jaden Ivey traded for Jordan Poole. Just as an example, you, you pick up Jordan, you, you, get, you will not be obligated for Jordan Poole for $20, 25000000 million in the next four years while you still have Steph. But now you pick up the next guy who can step in, somebody like Jaden Ivey or thereabouts. Where is Jordan Poole's value seen around the league? And, and would a team in the lower echelon be willing to make that kind of trade for you? Good call, Joe. It's interesting because I'm right there with you. It's hard at times to assess Jordan Poole because you can see the ascension. You can see clearly that he's getting better, but there's still some warts in his game as far as I'm concerned. So while you give him, I think there's a higher level of risk when you're giving him that extension. Well, I think he's going to be a bona fide star than that of Andrew Wiggins because Jordan Poole has shown flashes. I'm not sure that you know, hopefully he will be that perennial all-star that can light it up, get to the rim, but it's still a bit of a risk in that he has yet to do it over a level of, of multiple years. See, this is the thing with Jordan Poole is you got to pay him. You got to pay Jordan Poole because he's 
proven himself to be payable. And and, and $20 million for a guy like Victor Oladipo is, is a $20 million a year guy. Like $20 million doesn't get you a superstar. It doesn't. Kyrie's making 36, and in, and in my estimation, he's not one of the top 10 players in the NBA today, right? So when you talk about the money Jordan Poole is going to get just because he proved he can score, it's going to be astronomical to you, but that's what guys like Jordan Poole cost. In terms of Jordan Poole being a perennial star, I don't know yet because I need to see Jordan Poole. And 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 oh, I hope that we I hope we don't see what this looks like ever, but eventually we're gonna see what it looks like. The test for Jordan Poole for me is what do you do with no Steph Curry and no Klay Thompson? The thing that concerns me is, is that when he was moved to the second unit, he wasn't scoring that well. And people might say, oh, well, that's because he was pissed off about being with the second unit. But the other side of that, Dan, is, well, maybe maybe if Steph Curry and Klay Thompson aren't sitting there drawing away defenders, then you can't make things happen when the defense is focused on you. So I don't know if he's a guy that when it, the defense is all focused on him, and it's like stop Jordan Poole at all costs if he can still score like Steph Curry can. Well, it'll be interesting. That second unit that you referred to is, you know, the, the vast improvement there because as I see that second unit, you know, I'm working, hopefully Jonathan Kaminga gets into that thing <laughs> and then Moses Moody gets into that thing and it doesn't become one-dimensional. Maybe the one-dimensional guy becomes Jonathan Kaminga as we get to the middle of the season. But they're still going to, in that scenario, in that setup, with that lineup on the court, if I'm a, if I'm a defensive team, I'm, I'm uh, until Moody and Kaminga prove that they can just hurt you offensively, I'm looking to stop Jordan Poole. Yeah, but they don't. They don't. They typically will leave Clay in a game. They usually don't take both of those guys out. I think there's, there's usually. Well, I'm just talking about Jordan Poole's actual value, and anybody who plays with Steph Curry, their value is hard to determine because Steph Curry is on the court with him. Look, Kevin Durant benefited, and he'll probably never admit this. Kevin Durant benefited from Steph Curry and the gravity that he has to where. Uh, when he's playing with Kyrie, he doesn't get the same free runs to the basket when he has the ball in his hand. Oh, uh, he's people, good with or with. I, I don't. No, no, I'm not saying he's not. No, 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 no. Let me, let me. Let me. Ke- Kevin Durant gets more open looks with. He got more open looks with Steph Curry than he does with Kyrie Irving because yeah, the, the gravity's that. different, man. And, and he got open looks at Oklahoma. He got open looks with the Warriors. He got open looks in Brooklyn. Well, no, no, no. He had he, he's he's out of this world. He can shoot over anybody. He can get to the rim anytime he wants to. His athleticism. I'm just saying that that when Steph Curry's on the court, it's hard to assess the other four dudes on the court. Yeah, and nobody draws as much attention. I think any exactly yeah. single player than that of St- of Steph Curry. Steph Curry has drawn the double teams, and he becomes his distraction even with the ball is not in his hands. Right? How many times have we seen him? You know, run that action where he's running to the corner and three guys chase him, and then somebody goes back door for a layup. <laughs> right. You know, that's... And, and the other side of it is, is that Memphis shut him down, and and Boston, to a lesser degree, also shut him down. Now, now Dallas Mavericks. Oh, he, he's going to score all over the Mavericks. He's going to score all over Denver. Okay, but the elite defensive teams have shut him down, and and guys like Steph Curry and even Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, you those guys. That that people hope that he might be. Those guys don't. They don't. They you, they can be slowed, but they don't get stopped. And he's not there yet. Been my mind. Yeah. So it'll be interesting what happens in this off season as far as whether Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, and GP two all come back to the Golden State Warriors. Well, you know that Wiggins and Jordan Poole are coming back, but whether they come back with new deals, we'll have to wait and see. I think Kevon Looney gets the contract. I guess it seems to be sort of the consensus that of those four guys, if you were to to bet on one of them not getting the extension and or getting a new contract, it'd be GP2. Mm-hmm. But that's not to be dismissive in saying you don't need GP2. I just think that, you know, if it's pick your poison and you can get only, you know, if you have to get rid of one of them, maybe GP2 is the one guy that becomes expendable, as, as ridiculous as that sounds. I mean, but you also have, see, here's the thing, is that you have to fill out your roster, right? Auto you, Porter. You, you, got, you got Porter, you got Bielitsa. Uh, uh, God forbid, man. I, we all love JTA, but but JTA, Damian Lee, those are the guys that I feel like are, are going to, because listen, Joey Lightyear said it, man, I ain't afraid of no luxury tax. So I don't think that, I don't think that the, I, so long as he, knows that he's building a winner or or has a reasonable expectation that he is built a winner, I think he's going to write the checks. So the people that are actually 
going to be on the outs, I would imagine, are the people at the end of the roster being supplanted by younger, cheaper, and possibly potentially better players. I got no issues with that. I, I don't either, but I, I wouldn't be hurt if JTA wasn't a dub next season. Man. Yeah, that, that he's would Oakland. Hurt. Yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. Now, Chris now, Chios be, is be, gone. Be <laughs> you, you are going to cry for a week. <laughs> Well, you know who's gonna? I can't do my Chris Chioza stick if if, if Chris Chioza is not on the team. You'll man. find somebody. <laughs> but um, no, man. You know that that's what I think is gonna happen. Like you're gonna, they're building this team up. They're not trying to maintain the status quo. So replacing people, replacing people with people that are equal or inferior, that's not going to happen. It's like, hey, let's get a better person in here. And they think they might have done that with the draft. I heard Bob Meyer said something to the effect of he expects, he expects for Baldwin and Rollins to make the 15-man roster. Now, I don't think that means they're going to play, but he said his expectation, this wasn't a draft and stash with these dudes. He drafted dudes that he thought could not contribute necessarily, but make the 15-man roster. We'll see. We'll see. I like that Ryan Rollins kid. I'm a, I'm a big guard guy. You know that. I like the point guard. Now, I know that the Warriors, you know, they <laughs> won a title without having a typical quote-unquote conventional point guard. I like the CP3s of the world. I like a floor general. I like a guy that works tempo. I like a guy that likes to balance out the floor. And the Warriors have proven they don't need that guy and still win. But I Well, but see, but here's the, here's the thing. The Warriors didn't prove that they can not have – they have Steph Curry. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay – you know, here's what a point guard is supposed to be, and then we have this guy. I would imagine that a Steve Kerr team without Steph Curry would probably have a more conventional point guard. It just so happens that you have a, a point deity there, a point god that can do the conditional point guard stuff, but then also, you know, well, can dominate the game. I wouldn't even other call ways. him a point guard at this juncture, but you're right. I, I hate it when people do that. Well, whatever. There's there's that. no positions in basketball anymore. But 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 no, Steph Curry can set the offense. He can do all the additional point guard stuff. He just also can play off the ball, and then he also has a guy in Draymond Green that could play point forward. Man, if, if Steph Curry was asked to play traditional point guard uh, on another team, he would be an all star still. He'd still be an all star. Well, what's a traditional point guard? The, the, the Chris Paul guy that you're talking about. Man. That's not Steph. Steph is a shooter first. He's a shooting guard. He's your best player. He's well, not going to – he's not going to – the conventional point guard is a pass-first kind of guy. Yes, 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 And that's yes. not Steph. I wouldn't want Steph Curry to be that guy. He recognizes at times to get other guys involved. But I'm talking about not when Steph's on the floor. I'm talking about there's been sort of this, this cavity – since, you know, going back to the days of... Uh, Livingston, you know, Livingston was a point guard. Yeah, having that guy once Steph comes off the floor, I think there might be a need for sort of that floor general. It seems it seems at times it gets a little chaotic when Steph's not there in terms of, all right, who's running the show here? Who's who's running the offense? The quarterback just came out of the huddle. Who's the guy? Who's the voice in the huddle? And yeah. sometimes it's nice to have that guy, whether it's Livingston, whether it was a Barbosa, whether it's that... You know, going back to who's the kid out of Duke? Quinn? What was it? Quinn Cook. Quinn oh, Cook. I boy. mean, you had like these these the traditional point guards. Like I, I just always feel there's a place for that guy in the NBA. As amorphous as it is in terms of nobody having a position in the NBA, I still think the point guard position is still, you know, it's still something that should be valued. It is. And Steph Curry, I'm just saying, Steph Curry is like I said, if you put Steph Curry in a traditional offense and you said play traditional point guard. He's he's still a, he's an all star caliber dude in that man. His passing is underrated. His his ball handling it's not underrated, but it, and his court vision is also underappreciated because other people do that on the team too, man. But but I don't know, like I, 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 Damian Lillard in particular. No, I'm sorry, Damian Lillard didn't do it. Damian Lillard's like coach, high school coach, or somebody was on some show and he said, oh well, Damian Steph Curry can't be a better point guard than Dame Lillard because Steph Curry isn't a point guard. I was like. It, 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 it irks me just a little bit because he is a point guard. He's also the greatest shooter ever. That, that, that's like being like saying, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, oh, well, he can run. So, you know, or any quarterback that can run, if as long as they're a pass-first dude, like Steve Young could run as good as a running back, right? But he was also a pass-first guy. And just because he had that ability and he used it, like that doesn't diminish his, his, his quarterbackness. And, and Steph Curry gets – he gets dinged as a point guard because he can shoot really, really well, better than anybody else ever. And I just – it, it, it irks me. It well, how come hurt. then Draymond would handle the point position? 
for the majority because, of the season. Because off the ball, well, that's what Steph I mean. Curry can destroy you, though. But, well, but that's he, the point. But so you're going also, to a forward handling the basketball and being your point because you know that Steph Curry is better coming off the ball, coming off of pin downs. That, if that's not the case, then he wouldn't be in that position. He'd but be he's your, better than anybody in the history of the game coming off of yes, pin downs. which yeah. is why he's not a traditional point guard, uh, which is why he's like a shooting guard or he's a two guard or he's just – Hell, he's not even a guard. He's just the greatest the sport has ever seen. He's a god. Yeah, that's <laughs> G-A-W-D. That's who he is. No doubt about that. The so, two five on the Xfinity Mobile Temps. I can see Rollins taking Chioza's place after some time in the G League. What do you think about that? Rollins well, I haven't coming seen in the dude a- play at all. Let's face facts, man. <laughs> I, I, we can sit here and pretend like we know what this guy's all about. I can pretend. I've seen some. I've seen YouTube, too, when it comes to Rollins Dan, as well. As- I, I, I've done intensive, <laughs> intensive research. On, on highlights from YouTube and everywhere, man. I know this Rollins kid's game in and out and so far as the five best plays he's ever had I in his I want to know anybody out there that actually watched a Toledo Mud Hen basket. How are they called the Mud Hens? <laughs> no, I don't think they're the Mud Hens. I mean, if you, if you know the name of Toledo's mascot, then you, you are far, far, far ahead of me. It's not the Mud Hens. It's not the Mud Hens? I think it's the Rockets or Brian's looking it up. I Wait, can't is tell there her. such thing as a, like, there's some pretty weird, you know, mascot names or, or nicknames for teams. Santa Man, Cruz. Mud, mud hens might be, oh, the snails, right? Wait, they're the slugs, banana slugs. Yeah, hell yes <laughs> yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah, man, Toledo, they're some pretty weird. What'd you say? The Toledo what? I the said mud hens? mud hens or rockets or one of those. Uh, it's Rocky the Rocket, actually, not the mud hens. I, I don't know where you got mud hens from. I don't though. know. But oh, you that, know where that's from? I think that's from. Uh, there's no, a, there's a mud hen out there somewhere. Yeah, there's a Toledo mud hen. I think it's a minor league team. Brian, since <laughs> you're looking things up, find out if we have a Toledo mud hen minor league baseball team wait so are they the rockets is that what you're saying so they are their their team is the rockets i believe but yeah correct little mud hens minor league baseball well okay you, you, a, ha- you had the city right you had, I had the to carry right. i had to carry the show by myself i'm leaving on a high note it's all yours bro. <laughs> that's you're as gonna, good as it's gonna, gonna get gonna, with me you're gonna tell us about fresno you know what's the what's the what's the what's the fresno uh, oh, well, you know what? i know they're the bulldogs and i know the grizzlies are the the triple a affiliate of the a's which used to be the of the giants right but um you know also came out of fresno we we're talking about the, the you know I think it was our guest yesterday was talking about how it's just the center of the universe when it comes to man. all this sort of talent. Woj, man. Woj and I were buddies. Woj bombs. Wow. Yeah, Woj was out there in Fresno. Wait. Adrian Wojnowski was reporting. Yeah, Fresno, Fresno. B. The Fresno he B. He used to work at the Fresno B with a guy named Andy Katz. You know Andy Katz? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Andy Katz, yeah. We all came out of Fresno, man. We were all like this graduating class. Shouldn't <sighs> his nickname be Woj, not Woj? I mean, isn't it W-O-R-J, not W-O-J? Why make things difficult, Bri? Hey, I'm just looking at punctuation and grammar. Come on now. <laughs> it's Warge, not Woj. You know, it's funny. So he came to Fresno, and Fresno at the time had this head coach by the name of Coach Sweeney. And it's Sweeney's world. It's Fresno. It's the Central Valley. It's like, you know, the dude was a legend. He was like in his 70s, was going to retire any year. And Sweeney was just this, this god. Like, you, you never said anything bad about him. When I got there, it's just like, you know, you just hail Sweeney, hail Sweeney. And then here comes Adrian Wojnarowski, a young aspiring, you know, sports reporter. And he first time he gets there, I think Sweeney lost his first game or two, and just knives were out. Man, he went right after Sweeney, like get rid of this old man. And like the whole <laughs> Fresno was like, "What? Who is this?" It was like blasphemy. You never heard anybody go after Coach Sweeney, but there was Adrian Wojnarowski, and he hasn't changed since. Though. <laughs> I can't Woj believe bombs. what he's turned into, man. He has been the, 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 the nine two five. It's actually Woj. There's no R, so that's why it wouldn't be Warge. It's Wojanowski. It's Wojan Wojanowski. It's Wojanowski. So there's I'm, I'm, I'm quoting the nine two five, man. I, don't, I didn't pull it up in front of me. Uh, by the way, the nine two five also chiming in. Clearly, they were listening to us yesterday. Team Fat two and zero starting in the tag. World Championships. Team Fat? Team Fat with P-H-A-T. Pretty hot and tempting. Uh, fat with the P-H. Who, who were we watching yesterday? Oh, we were watching the Pasta Somebody and Blacklist. Pasta oh, to me man. is just is not the sort of name you want for a tag team. <laughs> right. right? You're thinking carbs and like I can't move. Exactly. And, and look, no, the, the Pasta Team Pasta whatever they were called like they look like they they look like they put some pasta away like everybody else is all lean these dudes kind of look like you know they kind of had some soft slightly doughy bodies wasn't there a nickname called like snacks or something like that for a professional football player like a d lineman oh yeah oh yeah no who was that snacks snacks was i feel like snacks was nba though but 
Maybe. Uh, Gilbert Brown. If Gilbert Brown name wasn't snacks, that then it should have been. <laughs> he wasn't having been. snacks. He was having oh, full-on man. meals, man. Yeah, right. No, I gotta, full, you know, full-on meals were snacks. He's like, I'm going to have a snack. He pulls out a, a whole a whole turkey. Half a, half a calf. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Damian right. Harris of the Detroit Lions, his nickname is Snacks or Big Snacks. Speaking let, of which. Let I me sh- tell you this. Now, in the pros, that's one thing. I guarantee you uh, every other high school locker room has a snacks in it. <laughs> Every other Speaking but, yeah. of which, man, there's a dude I swim with that eats while he's swimming. Like he says that's giving him protein and it's like it's going to help him Holy. get through his like, I'm so, like, you're like well, dude, really? Because I, I learned that's how you die. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. what I'm like. Yeah. I'm how like, do you, you eat when you swim? Uh, he's got, you know, well, it's not, I mean, he's not eating wheat thins or he's not crushing like, you know, he's not having a sandwich, but he has those those tablets. I'm assuming so, same thing like that of bikers or triathletes. Like, and, and when you say this. swim, just 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 so everybody, for those who don't know, when you say swim, this is swimming in the bay, frigid bay water without a wetsuit is what you're referring to. Yeah, that's that's right. And you Ooh. eat apparently while you do it. All Ooh. right, hey man, I've been teasing the 49ers, but I've been waiting for you to arrive. Oh yeah, let's do it. Jimmy Garoppolo and Blockamoli. Is about to explode. We'll continue here on 95.7 The Game. Shamari Block and Dana Bone back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.